Hi, and welcome once again to What's the Damage companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular real play D&D show, Roll for Damage. Can you believe we've been doing this for almost a year? So close. So on Friday, our Shields of Twilight left the tender, gentle embrace of Cage Burrow and ventured into the treacherous jungle um, in search of a certain temple and certain answers that might be contained therein. Uh, the gang all got friendship necklaces. It was very sweet. They fought some plant monsters and they came across some people who Peregrine uh, was quite eager to meet. Their welcome wasn't all that warm though, and they will need to prove themselves before finding what they seek. And we'll be breathlessly speculating on what'll happen next, starting right now. Then a little bit later, we'll be talking about dumb stats and high stats and how they affect RP. As always, stick around after the stream for links and resources. I'm your host, Truth Benson, and this is What's the Damage? Welcome back. I'm joined today by two wonderful guests. We've got the gross couple here live uh, for the first time in a while since Laura's been busy with school. We have Laura who plays Peregrine and we have Chad who plays Quinn. Thank you guys for coming on. So um, you guys had a fun little episode. You got some jewelry. I uh, moved on from Cage Barrow. Uh, you came across some of Perry's uh, cousins sort of in the jungle so what's the damage this time I mean I just hate those stinky plants because um, <laughs> they smell terrible they're full of dead bodies and there's like nothing good about any of them yeah but, but at least you got a turn in combat like I spent 90 percent <laughs> of battle either puking or unconscious until like the breaking out for oh, everybody no. why yes. is it happening chad she's why aren't you breaking up you have room. the same internet yeah i know she's even closer to the router than i am i don't understand <laughs> okay some technical difficulties folks what's happening be better yeah. internet okay say the thing you said but do it again take two <laughs> yeah do it perfectly exactly the same as uh -huh. you were doing before <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least you got to participate in the fight. If I recall correctly, Perry was either puking or unconscious for like 90% of that fight. I mean, you did have the really badass blight spellers like, I hate you, die. <laughs> um, stupid plant, bam! I was super excited because I was like, oh, I have the perfect spell for this. It's a one-off, but I could do it. And immediately I fail several con saves and die. <laughs> yeah. Man, it happens. It does. They love you. Love um, <laughs> anyway, um, so did you two guys like your friendship necklaces that you got from Sinric? Because I thought that was such a good character moment for everybody. It Those were was. delightful. I know it was just, that was just 
unexpected because the way Cynric is, it's like you figure at this point we would we would expect him to be as randomly deep as he is, but no, we always forget that there's that layer to him, and then it comes out and I'm like, oh right, that thing you do that surprises everybody somehow, mm-hmm. and yeah, this is the same thing as when he's dispensing like weird sage wisdom and things like that like here have these heartfelt gifts i carved for you myself out of something terrible like good god man (laughs) one when do you find the time two now i don't know what i'm going to get you for fantasy christmas but i guess it has to be really good now yeah i i spent like three sessions wondering what the hell is he doing he's like i'm working on the rocks i'm like rocks (laughs) I mean, I know you collected part of that evil star. Um, are you fashioning weapons? No, here's a handmade gift. You're trying to make like fancy daggers or something out of star <laughs> metal? Like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm for this. Like, maybe we can stab things more. I don't even stab things. And I'm like, I'm okay with this idea. Also would have been a thoughtful gift. It also would have, because then it's not only thoughtful, but functional. Mm-hmm. And these are functional. You can look at them anytime. Remember the sage words of wisdom that Sinric shared with you. Yes, this is true. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, so a bit of stuff has happened since you were all on the show last. Um, so one of the things is you guys are currently being stalked by an evil goth who you met the same place that Sinric got his cool rocks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there was some discussion when you were in the Ocean Village about what this means as you guys go out and interact with the world. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I will agree with most of the sentiment that was expressed. It's pretty terrible as far as, you know, ways to have to introduce us like hello my name is quinn by the way if you suddenly start turning against your will into some sort of horribly transmogrified monster i will have to kill you but i will only do it to end your suffering i'll feel bad and what's your name <laughs> but i mean it doesn't really it's one of those things where this sucks but it doesn't get to dictate how we do things and how we get how we live because at that point we are basically condemning ourselves to being hermits and hermits in D are dangerous because there's a fine line between hermits that are trying to distance themselves from society and murder hobos who forget how society works and like i don't like this problem i wonder what happened if i stabbed it a whole lot oh i see it bleeds to death on the ground is no longer a problem well i guess that's one solution let me apply this liberally to every problem I mean, Perry's acutely aware of the fact that those poor drow definitely got turned into something horrible, probably because we were there. If they had not met us, they would be just going along with their happy little drow lives. Um, doing drow stuff. Doing, doing what drow, drow do. Um, drow things. Um, and, and now they're dead. And so, like, the idea of taking whatever is following them and that level of darkness and destruction and literal evil into places like the Grove of Life, where she's already kind of aware of the fact that maybe she's not welcome, um, really bothers her a lot. I think she's not welcome. They're like, oh, look, tourists, get out. <laughs> not even trying to show us to the gift shop. Man. Um, yeah, well, I suppose we'll see what happens next and whether people are going to keep mutating to weird monsters around you guys. <laughs> Should be fun. Yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's, Everything's fine. just fine. None of us are worried at all. <laughs> okay. Things are great. Well, you two sound very confident. I'm sure it'll be an easy road from here on out. That's definitely how yeah, that works a as a game. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so jungle time. Um, you guys were venturing into a new environment, although I think you've been in jungle-like environments relatively recently, a forest at least. Um, but 
it was humid and there were new weird monsters. Um, let's touch a bit on that fight with those plant uh, zombie barfing plant things. Yeah. Perry was having a bit of a hard time, but I want to hear both of your perspectives. I mean, I'll let her go first because I'm just, it was the whole fight was basically Florida. <laughs> it was hot. It was swampy. Um, it was full of weird zombies I didn't want to interact with and things smelled bad. It was Florida. Yeah, final boss, Florida man. <laughs> kind of. Well, now it, I'm concerned that that's going to happen in the jungle. Thanks for that nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Florida man is more of a danger to himself <laughs> than us. So I think we should be able that's to make what you it think. If we can you just dodge. That. If we can dodge Florida man has many, Florida man is many powers and possibly all knowing. So anyway, Perry, uh, Laura, let's hear your thing on the battle. I mean, it started out with just some really, really shitty luck. Like half of us fail our initial con save and are all puking, Perry included. And then right out of the gate, I just get beat to shit. Um... But, I mean, everybody was kind of doing their job. It was pretty impressive, considering how bad our luck was. Like, the healers were healing, like, and still managing to do some damage. And then, and I was so excited because it was like, plant monster. I get to use a spell I've never gotten to use. I love flight. As a player, I love flight. And then I passed out. Yep. Three times. Or maybe it was only two. I don't know. But I never had to make a death save. I never had to make a death save, and I still got that blight off. Yay. Pretty good overall. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing that your cleric, out of paranoia, never unprepares the healing spells literally ever. Because I know what happens if I do. That's when the monsters come. Oh, the monsters are coming already. I know, which is why those spells are always prepared, because I know they're out there. They're all out to get me. <laughs> Pretty much. You specifically? I mean, not me specifically yet, but no, in general, you know, like more of like a the royal me, I guess. The royal me. <laughs> yes, the royal me. That's a new one. <laughs> I know, it's made um, it up. It's fun. Love it. Anyway, so yeah, as um, as Lauren mentioned, like the heels were pretty on point. So, mm. your thoughts on the battle? Um, yeah, I thought it went other than the horrible, horrible luck of, oh, look, half the party vomits now, and some of them continue to vomit and or just get knocked down to the ground real good. Other than that, things were actually going rather well. And yeah, we ended up being able to get through without having to burn literally everything we had on trying to kill plant monsters and random zombies that they done vomited up. And stupid zombies. Plant, plant zombies, they shouldn't go together. Like, that doesn't make sense. No. I don't like it. It's gross. No. Um, <laughs> not at all. Lovely. So, anyway, so Perry um, had a little bit of a family reunion, although uh, with distant relatives mm-hmm. you don't know at all or very well. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think this is the first time Perry's come across strange ocean that weren't dead or dying or trapped in a nightmare dungeon, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so it seemed, like a, it seemed like a pretty emotional experience for her. Yeah, um, she got exactly the reaction she's been afraid of, mm. which is the, oh, you're one of them. Um, and she's been carrying that weight around with her since the ruins of the realization of what her people have done versus what everyone else has done. And so there's been this sort of burden to pick up the slack and also this recognition that while the one guy she met was like, okay, no, 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 we we appreciate your help. She knows that she's gonna come across people who are like, no, you hid away. Why should we bother to help you? Um, so she kind of got the reaction she was expecting, but also dreading. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really hard for her because what she wants to do is, is this place is like 
home. This is how she grew up. And she wants to just like rush in with open arms and like, yay, my people. But it doesn't work like that. And it's never going to work like that. And that's really hard for her to deal with and accept. So could it? Um, something I've been wanting to ask for a little while. So like, is, is per does Perry want to bring her people back into the world? Like after she saves them and everything? Like, is that her, is that what she's wanting? Like as she co makes contact with the outside world and with these other ocean tribes? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, especially having found out that what she's known her whole life is not true because, you know, all of the stories she grew up on are, oh yeah, yeah, we spread out and then we retreated. Every single tribe retreated from the world to preserve themselves because they call, decided the world was a lost cause. They couldn't, they could only protect the little areas they were in and they should focus there and ignore the wider world. And now she's learning that wasn't true at all. And the way she sees it, her people were wrong. Her people were a hundred percent wrong to completely retreat. Um, and so she wants to hopefully take some sort of cure back and like lead her people out or at least convince them, Hey, we have a job to do and we haven't been mm -hmm. doing it. And look at what the world is becoming because we're not. It's not great. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not great at all. Um, actually. Yeah, kind of a lot of weird stuff happening out in the world. Um, so do you think that Perry coming back like as a savior for her people is going to make it easier to then convince those people to uh, give up their isolation? Because that is kind of a little bit of leverage you might have. Yeah, you got to ride that clout. <laughs> yeah, I'm going right? to I'm gonna have to ride that savior clout in. People can be very set in their ways. Um. I honestly am not sure. Um, the way that when I wrote my backstory and, and gave it to Serenity, I, I wrote them like deeply ingrained in this belief system, but there's a lot that I personally, as a player have no idea about hmm. a ton because I, I filled my, my backstory with holes like Swiss cheese, um, specifically to allow the DM to just fuck with me. Um, and so I have no idea. I don't know who, how much of, of that tribe is deeply ingrained in this idea. How many people really do want to come and, and leave their little isolated corner. So I'm not sure. We'll see. I think it's going to be very interesting once Perry finally manages to go home again. Yeah, I am both nervous and excited, but that's probably a while off, so. I'm sure it's a while, while off, you know, but we're like barely through the first yeah. bit. Yeah, it's going to be a long road, folks. Don't worry, you're not, you're not going to run out of roll for damage anytime soon. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, so obviously this is uh, an important um, area for Perry. I mean, a physical area, important place to be. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of emotional weight, but Quinn also had a reason to be here, uh, specifically for a little errand that Melora gave him. Yes. Um, I'm not sure what I want to talk first. Um, I suppose first, like, what does Quinn hope to discover if you make it into the Temple of Melora here? An answer. To? Anything. 42. <laughs> I mean, basically what he's looking for is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Took you a second. Yeah. Yeah, no, I got it too. I was like, nice. <laughs> uh -huh. But, um, but yeah, he, he, at this point he has more questions than he knows what to do with mm -hmm. and answers to basically only one of them is the problem is over there, you know, in the most cursed part of the whole planet. Yeah, just like, go smack in the middle of that. And then that is how you'll solve the problem. But how 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 to go there? Uh, what do when get there? Why go there? What happened? Just like so <laughs> many things. What happened? Yeah, um... all these, all this stuff. So if he can get an answer, it's more than he had when he showed up. 
and then he can try to also get more answers as he goes. But just at least one, he'll be okay. I think I can depending tell, on what I the answer I can, is. I think I can tell you the answer to what will happen there. You have to go find out. Yes. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. So when when did remind me when Quinn actually got like this directive to seek this out? It was. I don't keep my notes when I do this show. It was. Um, around the time of um i'm blanking on the name of the city uh, zerthamar <laughs> so it was it was a while back um before he had the whole oops i murdered i murdered a kid almost and oops then i murder hobo to market almost thing i now, mean like not almost <laughs> I, and you're right there yeah kid almost market totally murdered yeah, I know. Valid point. But, uh-huh. but like, it was, you know, before all that happened. So then there's mm-hmm. a lot also with like, for a bit there, he's wondering, is he still even welcome to go there? And now he's getting that answer is some people say, no, not really. Go make up your own mind and then come back later. But Quinn's like, no, no, thank you. I'm here. I'm here now. And everywhere else I need to go is like wicked far. Mm-hmm. So coming back is going to be just a real pain so please and thanks while i'm here give to me answers just, give me. just let me in because i've already showed up i i promise everything's cool my god it's some it's some cost fallacy but it's some cost for you for someone else you're like i spent so much effort to get here <laughs> um yeah could, could it not be argued um, that like having a directive from a god overrides whatever her followers think, though, because like that was given to you personally. This is, this yeah. is not something that Quinn would think. I I think, but it's something I would think. I I mean, it is part of his argument for wanting to go in. Is you know mm-hmm. I was asked to be here, but then again, you, you got to think the other side of that is he's saying that he was told to come here. He could be saying that for literally no reason at all. It's because it's like people in the real world that said they spoke directly to Jesus. Did you? Did you actually? Where can you can you quantify this with evidence in any of any kind? Oh no. Do you have a recording? Yeah, <laughs> we just take you at your word. Yeah, Aha. Gospel. Okay. Um. Like well, also is the directive still valid? Because it happened before you murdered a whole bunch of people. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We just don't know. Um, yeah, I, don't know. I just think I think it would be funny, not in character at all, but I think it would be funny if Quinn was just like, just pushed back past everyone was like, don't worry, she's expecting me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. He, he's, he's, she knows, yeah, just, just call your boss. She knows who I am. But she texted me, I swear. <laughs> she did, though. Anyway. <laughs> I got DM'd to show she up did, here. Though. <laughs> wonderful okay um so yeah like that point was made both in character now character by you that things have changed a little bit since you got this directive you now mm-hmm. serve two gods mm-hmm. um and i don't i think i'm trying to remember but quinn said something during the episode sort of of like this is how it is until it changes do you believe it will change like is quinn or, or are you, are you looking to go with one over the other? Because they're not actually in, co- in like competition. Right. This is working so far. It is, yeah. But like any, like any system, there must come a point where something will end and a choice is made that will go in one direction or the other, thereby excluding the other direction. So gods are directions. Well, as far as who to follow and who to ask for stuff, kind of I mean, like but, i don't know how I'm, much I'm playing you, devil's but... advocate no, no please <laughs> okay but it's a pantheon mm-hmm. like in in cultures where there is a pantheon you don't have to worship just one of those gods in fact usually you don't you do some worship for each like in the greek mythology you sacrifice to artemis for certain things you sacrifice to hera for other things mm-hmm. gods have domains and people don't live inside one domain they live amongst them this is true mm-hmm. and if this is the direction it ends up going he can just sort of perpetuate this whole thing of 
just double dip on both sides basically forever because it's working out then cool i am i'm enjoying this whole double deity dip that's what's happening right now Uh yes double deity dip coming soon to dairy queen um but if i can just you know keep this going with him in perpetuity then awesome because it's working Mm -hmm. really well provides some really dope ass aesthetics and everything but then i'm just thinking in terms of how clericing normally operates of you get one and they're your divine sugar mama slash daddy and then they're the ones that give you all of your juice and they're the ones we whenever you can get to do divine intervention you're like hey insert god name here come help me by just i don't know tell me what i'm supposed to do or smacking that guy real hard or bringing back my dead friend or some sort of a other thing so i mean i am interested to see how it plays out i do not know if it will change it's kind of part of the why mm-hmm. the reason why the comment was made like this this is the way it is until it isn't because that is basically what what's happening is he understands what he did to get in that situation with you know both of them sort of using him as a timeshare but as far as how to m- make it stop or go one way or the other he doesn't really know how to do that unless he just wants to go and do the same thing he did in the first place to get in the situation. Like, I'm good. Uh, what, I mean, if I want to choose Bane, I could just go kill another market full of people again by kind of sort of finger quotes accident. And then that'll be one way to make a choice. But other than that, since he doesn't actually want to do something like that, he does not understand what else he would need to do to bring anything to an end or make any kind of actual grand decision so you've been trying to like go more in line with Melora's stuff a bit but it's all like subtle movements here and there not any sort of huge grand gesture of i want this forever now because it's mm-hmm. very difficult to do grand gestures of good thing as it's much easier to do grand gestures of terrible things because it's just it's easier to find a horrible, horrible thing to do than it is to find the one big good thing to do. Do the gods want grand gestures? Depends on the intent behind them, I imagine. I suppose. So I guess the question then is, does does Quinn want it to change? Is he still looking to um, get back to the way things were where it was just Malor or get back or actually move forward to where it's just Malor because I don't think he wants to go backwards right um but he seems to he seems to have viewed the current situation as a bit of a punishment I mean kind of but not really it's not so much a punishment more of a reminder of (laughs) you were stupid you did stupid things don't (laughs) be stupid no more Here's to remind you that you was real stupid that one time and other times as well, because it's a culmination of stupid things. So it's less a punishment and more of, well, it's more the kind of punishment that wearing a dunce cap in old schoolroom slash cartoons of showing that sort of thing are. It's like, rem- use this to remember that you did dumb and try to not do dumb again. <laughs> It really is interesting to see how Quinn thinks about himself that way. Mm-hmm. When you think about what Perry said to you, you think every chance is your last chance. That's kind of how Quinn, it, from Perry's point of view, that's how Quinn's been living his life. Yeah. I mean, she's not wrong, but... <laughs> but... <laughs> it's hard to, it, it, you know, it, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, she's not wrong about it. Like, yeah, he has viewed pretty much most chances is the last one he's going to get but at the same time he does not know what options there are to try to solve the problem that he has so anytime he sees a chance to try to fix something he does just end up latching onto that like a like a drowning man latches onto a life preserver of oh look it's a thing i super need and is to just hug it to within an inch of his life and yeah you know, cling to it desperately, but it's, it's difficult to get out of the mindset of every chance is the last chance when the one thing that comes up 
that could solve the problem is it looks to be, well, this is the only option that I have in front of me, so I need to make sure I pursue this immediately. I mean, that's kind of Perry's point, though, is that yeah. is that Quinn tunnel visions. Every chance is the last chance. Every option is the only option. And he's desperately clinging to the first solution he finds that he feels might be a guaranteed win. So it's like, it was like with the water. And... You know, the, the, this idea that when they were having that conversation, well, if I don't get it now, it's, it's now or never. It's now or never. We're never coming back. That's not true, necessarily. We could go back to a million places. I mean, we could wind up back where we all started. Yeah. Um, so, like, her point is that Quinn doesn't look for other options. He is very, very... Goal-driven is not the right word for it. It's, and it's not necessarily that he's narrow-minded. It's, it's that he's narrow-focused. Like it's a tunnel vision. Yeah, he, yeah. he. Option A is presented. Option B may be over here, like waving its hands, but he never looks over here to B. A. Well, in my I defense, if option to... B really wanted my attention, it would whistle or something to make sure I'm looking in that direction. That's a. <laughs> Does it? Because I mean, and that's like. That's Perry's like big problem with Quinn is like he never looks outside of that first choice. And like that gets him into trouble. He nearly murdered a child because that water was missing. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, we attacked an entire marketplace because the water was missing because he believed the water was the only solution. And it has reached a point where because Perry's the kind of person who notices stuff like that. And then when they come and seek advice, instead of being wishy-washy about it, Perry just kind of tells you what she sees because she doesn't know any better than to be honest. So for her, she's, she, she wants Quinn to be better because she knows Quinn wants to be better. And so she keeps trying to like shove him because she can't do anything else. Harry of the pep talks. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Harry of the pep talks all the time, and I made the socially awkward character. Uh, that looks like grow so- that real fast. You can have a socially awkward pep talk. Okay, I I support hey, this. Hey, 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 buddy, you're um, you're you're doing great. Awesome. Hey, bye. <laughs> awesome. Like the next there, there. there. There, I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> gotta go climb a tree. Um, yeah, there's something related to that that I want to touch on before we move on. So I want to backtrack a couple of episodes um, mm-hmm. to another uh, pep talk slash talking to that Perry gave Oriana while you were in the caves um, after you caught her being a bit manipulative. Mm. So I, I wanted you to speak on that because that was also a really interesting character interaction and haven't gotten your perspective on it. Um, Perry is, was, and still is very angry about that Hmm. because for her, this is the, everybody has a choice and it is unfair for her to hide information because we aren't going her way. And Perry was already frustrated because she felt like she was being babied. Oh, you almost died. You almost died. Well, I'm well aware of the fact that I almost died. I've got like three bru- broken ribs and, you know, I'm, you know, not making deck saves real great right now. Um, so I, I'm aware of my mortality. I don't need you to baby me. And then to turn around and to deliberately deceive us, to manipulate us, to go the way she wanted. In Perry's mind, Oriana had no right to do that. No right to decide for the group. And then to turn around and get frustrated because we had stared at a wall for 20 minutes and were tired of looking at this wall because we figured it was still a wall. And to be kind of snotty about it. Perry is extremely frustrated with that kind of behavior. Because one, don't treat her like she's stupid. Makes her furious. And two, don't lie to her. She's never lied to you and she won't lie to you. Don't lie to her. 
And the other thing is Oriana specifically said, if I start going down the wrong path, tell me. Hmm. If I start doing things that I wouldn't normally do or seem like I'm going down the right wrong path, tell me. Well, you just open the door because Perry's gonna tell you. She, like I said, she has no, she's no filter for how do I say this without being super mean? So she just frames everything with, with all due respect, or you're my friend, but insert very blunt, honest reason why you're fucking up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's sort of carrying that with her and now going into, and, and it's sort of carried all the way into now here we are at the Jilra and she's terrified of the behavior that her group might show. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, for valid reasons. For valid reasons. Like this is, as, as she sees, this is a place to be honest and forthright and humble. Tell the truth, be respectful, and it will be what it will be. And she doesn't want to see her friends do something like try to talk our way in with manipulation or lies. And if that happens, Perry is liable to fly off the handle and I'm going to have to roll a D100. <laughs> <laughs> uh he'll be breathing bubbles this time (laughs) (laughs) or not breathing at all or not breathing and just floating you don't know perry doesn't know he doesn't know a lot of things uh which is part of the fun it's part of the fun yeah it's gonna be very interesting um the next couple episode or couple of episodes just like seeing everyone in this environment interacting with the ocean who we have not seen when they were in dead or in nightmare dungeons <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> lovely okay um so with that we're going to move on to our topic for today which is stats but specifically your highest and lowest stats and how that affects role playing um yes yeah, so now first question for Asaf, do you two usually give your stats that much weight when it comes to role playing like do you personally incorporate that to a large degree a small degree a medium degree i try to at least a bit just sort of like it not in a huge way but just enough to try to inform like some things about the character's personality like with quinn he has a nine for charisma so for that i just sort of took a direction of marty mcfly you know how dare you say i can't do that and call or call me a coward sort of thing like he's just bad with people and has a bad temper so i went with i used that for that sort of thing and you know i have been trying to make him lean in more into the whole extra wisdom of being actually wise about crap and, and things like that lately but just not anything huge, just like little things here and there like that. Yeah, I sort of do the same thing. I mean, Perry doesn't have anything super bad. Um, I got very lucky um, and got my one super good stat and everything else kind of average. Um, but my druid I, was a good choice. I was already going to play druid. Um, <laughs> but I, t- I try to like incorporate things like maybe a little naivete or, you know, maybe the, you know, maybe they're brash and you know they don't think before they act um or you know if they're if if i've got a high intelligence score but i don't want to play a bookworm i play them as like super street smart or just accidentally smart like i just know a bunch of stuff it doesn't mean it it doesn't mean i'm actually good at it like i've accumulated a massive amount of trivia none of it is useful great jeopardy (laughs) sounds like Um, me I have all this useless knowledge and no outlet for it. Isn't that all of us? Isn't that why we play D and D? Yes. Yeah. So we can incorporate apply our... all of that into your character's backstory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I don't, I don't think in D and D backstory terms, being able to name almost every single Avenger in history would be much help, unless I really want to distract something as a bard that breaks the fourth wall like Deadpool. It depends on your setting, I suppose. That's true. What is Deadpool? Is he like a monk? Do you think? Um, College of Swords Bard. Yep. I agree with that. Okay, cool beans. <laughs> um, so back on topic. We've uh, given so, those kinds of things a lot of thought, actually. So yeah. haven't we all? Um, so at what point during character creation do you normally like actually roll your stats? And does that have any effect on like what uh, and like how you create your character's personality? Like once you get those stats and see what you mm-hmm. have to compensate for? 
A little bit. I mean, there are, well, I mean, there are some things where it, depending on what number has to go where there would, there might be something that would go with it. Like, you know, like going back to Quinn, I also playing as being unable to get people to do what he wants them to do or unable to convincingly lie about anything because I know how the dice are going to work and against me because I'm a negative one on literally anything I want to do with that. So I'm like, I may as well incorporate that into part of his character because I, if I try to play him as being all super charming and fail every single time, mm -hmm. then it just turns into he thinks he's super charming and that gets real douchey real fast if not played exactly right and i do not have that much faith in myself for nuance all the time i mean usually i roll stats first but i already know like what i want to play and if i roll stats that are bad enough that i literally can't make a workable character based on those stats for the class i want to play or the story I want to tell, I will shift gears. Like, I mean, if I had rolled like a bunch of hot garbage that wasn't going to like, there was nothing I could focus on. I might change up to play something that's more of a skill monkey so that I could spread it out. Um, but usually I will roll stats and then decide on my character or have that character in mind. And then I'll just sort of play with personality. Like, okay, well, they're, they're not very smart but they're also not stupid. Um, so they may know a lot of, a, you know, a lot about a little or a little about a lot. Um, a lot of times I uh, mostly my physical stats play into things a lot like, Oh, nope, I got noodle arms. Can't do this. Um, or, you know, my cons low, I have no stamina. I can run really fast for about five minutes and then I'm crawling. That sort of thing. Wait, is a long time when you're running. It That's is, true. yeah. You're a natural sprinter. Very <laughs> dangerous natural over sprinter. short distances. Yeah, high dex. Mid to low con. Yeah. Little cheetah. Um, <laughs> wonderful. So we know we we know um, Chad has obviously, but have you guys ever played um, like a truly dumb character, one that has absolutely no charisma or some kind of negative stat, and how did that affect your RP? I mean, I have a cleric who had like negative strength. So she did no lifting of any kind. <laughs> um, never really used a weapon. Um, and just, I just sort of played into she's a super lightweight. Um, but I don't I think I've ever had anything that's been like an extreme negative. Mm hmm. Yeah, I cannot think of any other instances where I've had to incorporate something that much of a negative, like a, that that that's that much of a negative into how like a character would be like designed or played out. But yeah, what about you? You're asking questions. I ask this of you now. Yes, answer. Um, <laughs> the tables have been turned. I tend to roll really well when I roll stats. Actually, <laughs> see, I kind of do too. Um, yeah, um, I, I've always wanted to have like one really bad dumb stack because I think that'd be very fun. Um, I wanted uh, my barbarian for Halloween to be super dumb, but I think he ended up having like an 11 intelligence because I rolled pretty well overall. Um, yeah. But yeah, if he had like a negative two to, um, to Ant, that would have been ideal for that character. But yeah. overall, no, I don't usually have characters that have very bad stats. This is yeah. a bad topic for me. Yeah, that's fine. Well, not that great for me either because Quinn's the first time I've had a character that did have the negative stats. I've been fairly so, lucky in other ones as well. Yeah, so actually, like, if this is your first negative stat character, like, how has playing him been different than playing your other characters where you have, like, normal stats? Um, the main difference is just, like, the one, th like, the one choice I made for, you know, his personality as far as the fact that he is going to be a bit more garbage with people and ill-tempered and such mm -hmm. because of the negative to the charisma and everything. Because with other characters that I've had, the stats are well-rounded enough that I don't need to try and make any sort of choice to... It's basically as a reminder to not try to lean into this skill you do not have for role-playing purposes. 
Uh-huh. You know, it's the other characters I've made, they, they have a fairly good chance of accomplishing the thing as long as it's not some sort of, you know, parkour or <laughs> or what have you. But like, yeah, that's, it's mostly just used to sort of remind me to not try to do certain things. Like, this I is your don't. wheelhouse. This is not. Stay out of that. It's dangerous. Yeah, don't let, don't let Quinn do the haggling. Um, I know never. That's what we have Baltaim and Oriana for. Yeah, mm-hmm. for this next whole, like, people questioning him, like, well, why do you think you're worthy? I'd like to refer to my lawyer <laughs> and just get Baltaim out there. And only because I really want him to just start pulling on imaginary spinners. Like, now nah, I may just be a simple country warlock. <laughs> oh, that'd be very fun, actually. Especially I want that to happen so bad. I'm pretty sure he doesn't know anything about my lord, so he'd just be fully bullshitting it. That's it's my Christmas, so my work. Unfortunately, I think Perry is your advocate for this, and she's also not very charismatic. I'm doomed. <laughs> Look, she probably, got you in. You probably gotta do like a strength test or something. I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean that, that I have. I have I have some I have some strength with, with the big old hammer and everything. You have to fight like a giant snake. Um anyway. <laughs> How giant a snake we talking? Giant. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, that's a, that's a size, isn't it? In D and D giant. No more worms. No more worms. Yeah, no snake, more worms. Is a, snake is not a worm. Snake is a vertebrate. They're very cute. I like snakes. Um <sighs> anyway. <laughs> So how much weight do you think stats should have on RP? Like, it's pretty common for people to say, like, if you're playing a really low end character, you might not know, like, common sense things that you could figure out, um, like, out of character, but kind of hard to tell where that line is sometimes. So, like... I mean, I've only, I only would draw the line if there's something that is, like, just an actual negative to something like if, if there's something where no unless you get supremely lucky on dice rolls you're gonna be complete crap at this one thing it doesn't make sense to try and role play into i am actually really good at this one thing unless it's in the same sense as um like how you think you're good at it yeah or or in the same sense as how oriana being a bard is supposed to be really amazing performing stuff and she has the worst luck at performance to the point where sometimes sometimes yeah but like more often than not it is just right in the toilet to the point where we have to question is she good at performing stuff i think she just has stage fright and and that might be it and that's and that's actually something jake's roll 20 just like stage it real good (laughs) i think he has some sort of hex bless him and i'm going to digitally sage before the next game yeah just sprinkle some stage on your keyboard (laughs) Set a couple of crystals, we'll be okay. Um, <laughs> what crystals do you use to cleanse roll twenty? I don't um, know. Let me just uh, maybe hey, you're just get the expert quartz. here. <laughs> Let me just get some rose quartz and um, and maybe some obsidian. <laughs> there you go, guys. Okay, okay. You heard it here first. If you want to cleanse roll twenty, get rose quartz and obsidian. I am making it's shit up, by the way. Guaranteed to work. You can send complaints to us if it hasn't complaints to Laura. Anyway. <laughs> just, just remember, My Twitter is at thirdcandy2.0. Yeah, at <laughs> Laura. It doesn't work. Just remember, though, uh, if you're trying to do any kind of cleansing with crystals with Roll20, you have to make sure that the obsidian and rose quartz are gemstone dice because it has to be thematically on brand as well. Uh-huh. It's very important. Yeah, it, it is, because otherwise ah. you're just sitting rocks by your computer and like, oh, I guess that Chrome's going to run super great today, but not Roll20 specifically because it's not linked thematically. That's probably important. Or I'm just making stuff up and can't stop talking because I need to fill a void. I don't know. Next. What void are you filling, Chad? I don't know. Something. My parents messed me up. Did all our parents mess <laughs> us up? <laughs> anyway. Um... Back to more lighthearted topics. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so kind of on the flip side, we've been talking about low stats. Um, how do you role play really high stats? Should those have an effect on RP? Do you take that into account like when you're RPing stuff? It depends on the kind of character you're trying to go with. Cause I mean, I've, I've got a you know, you know, home game 
I have a warlock that has all charisma possible for a normal for a normal character, and I you know I basically just play him as being hard to pin down on whether or not he's lying about stuff because it's a skill that he has. He's not great at it all the time. Sometimes he's right awful garbage at it, but it's just a thing that he can do. I don't have it be like a defining thing about him as much. It's just like, this is, is a true? skill that he has. Well, is not that, that really not, true? It doesn't define everything about him, but it, def it defines a portion um, of him. Uh, stigma lies like at least once a session. This is At true. least once a session. Um, Good practice. I am a liar is Stigma's defining trait. It has been since we met him. No, that's fair. Love it. Um, that's a fun way to do charisma, though. Like, not necessarily super outwardly charming, but inscrutable. Yeah. Yeah, because Stigma's not the most charming most of the time, but damn, can he lie. It's like, true. he lies his way through everything. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, the reason Stigma's not the most charming all the time is because I am playing him and I am not very charming most of the time. I am an acquired taste at best. Oh, we think you're charming. Yes, that's because I brought Laura. <laughs> no, you're charming when she's not here too. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, actually, sort of on that point, so sometimes you are playing characters that have a very high stat that you don't have in real life or have a very low stat that you have pretty high in real life like maybe you're extremely smart as we all are but you're playing an extremely dumb character or maybe you're super charming as i am personally but you're playing an uncharismatic character um but <laughs> 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 it's hard Le legitimately that's hard for me like like adela like low charisma character i she kept ending up being the person that I talked to people just because that's what I naturally do. So talk about that, like going against your personal natural instincts when playing your stats. Yeah, that's, I mean, I like to think of myself as like pretty, pretty friggin' smart. Um, and I don't think I've ever played a character who is super, super smart. Like I've never played a character that intelligence was their like thing. Um, which always worries me because I'm not going to be as smart as my character, y'all. I'm not going to know things. Please don't ask me things. <laughs> um, but also, I like I have a hard time playing dumb because I don't. And part of it is like as a person, I don't like to be treated like I'm dumb. So <laughs> it's hard, you know. Um. Of course, I'm also not super charismatic, which is why I don't play a bard. Um, you could be a bard. Yeah, you, I mean, have I do have a, a, you have been a bard. I was there. Temporarily for a few sessions. And it she wasn't matter. very charismatic. It still all. doesn't matter. She was mouthy and mean to people. Um, Gee, I wonder where you got that from. I mean, there's a kind of mean girl charisma. Isn't that what the movie Mean Girls is literally all about? Fair enough. I, I, I don't really have, a, I don't know, I don't really have anything that makes it difficult for me to try to extrapolate how it would work just because I've consumed so many thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours of media where I see other people being really good at something. Like I can understand the physics behind professional wrestling well enough because I spent a lot of the nineties and thousands consuming that. And I can understand how, you know, various detective investigations are supposed to work because my wife is a true crime junkie and we end up watching a lot of those things as well. That's accurate. It, yes, it is. But like, I have, I have, it's something where I may not have real world experience, but I've seen somebody pretend to have real world experience enough that I might be able to, you know, make a decent pass at something. Oh, yeah, I mean, a lot of role play is just sort of acting and making stuff up, such as when Campion pretends to know about science. By licking stuff, specifically yeah. by licking it. <laughs> it's so funny because everything I said is so incoherent, but. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, the best part is watching Jake's eye twitch every time the science <laughs> is bad. <laughs> 
Um, but that's that's part of the joy of it is like we'll come off a session and we'll all be laughing because <laughs> the science nerds among us are like, no, no, that was stupid and wrong. It was so wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, why would you say that? <laughs> that was terrible. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it now. It's fun. Uh, yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, something I just kind of wanted your guys' opinion on, what's the real difference between role-playing a low int and a low wisdom character? Because I feel like they can occasionally sort of melt together. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, low intelligence would be more of just not, just not having information, you know, like, or being unaware of something like not being able to read because you never learned how or not understanding how certain i don't know things work in the world as far as like gods and such because you didn't read those books mm -hmm. or like not understanding science because you didn't read anything like that but low wisdom would just i think be more in the in the vein of um i don't know i'm trying to think how to, how to say this um, it'd be more of, I don't know, not being able to intuit things because it's more intelligence, more of book smart wisdom would be more of street smart, like being able to read people, I imagine. So, I mean, the way I've always thought about it, cause I've heard it a million times is intelligence is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing that salsa is not a fruit salad. The argument could be made. I mean, the is. argument could be made otherwise, but like common sense. The, uh -huh. the way I think right. about it is intelligence is book smart. Wisdom is like your common sense and, and your understanding of like knowing whether or not somebody is deliberately lying to you um, or understanding like basic human interaction. Um so like if i'm playing a character that doesn't have a lot of intelligence but has a lot of wisdom then maybe they don't know a lot about magic or they don't know a lot about the way the rules work but they're also very wise so they're pretty street smart and they can read people and they know when somebody is lying to them or when you know there's something hidden mm -hmm. So we're thinking of low intelligence more as a lack of, um, as ignorance rather than actual stupidity. I think, I think so probably like being ignorant of something just because you've never been exposed to it or just never had to learn something about it would be a way to play low intelligence as mm -hmm. opposed to just, I have an intelligence of seven, duh, what math? You know, it's, it's at least more of a nuanced way to play it instead of being yeah. being so dumb you think I'm gonna get through that wall by using my head is a viable Would that be a option. lack of wisdom? I mean I mean I think that would be a little bit of both. Yeah. Sometimes the Venn diagram does, you know. <laughs> does go yeah. that way. Yeah, I yeah. mean I think there's just a fine line between those two stats and like nature and religion are intelligence checks because it's how much do you know about the subject mm -hmm. perception and insight are wisdom checks because that's about how much you understand um and how much you can intuit from what you're seeing but it's such a fine line because there's always a choice. Am I going to make, make the player make a perception check or an investigation check? Are they noticing things or are they looking for things? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's definitely a mechanically supported way to look at it. Um, okay, cool beans. And I think that's our time for today. We don't have any more time for questions. Um, but thank you both for coming on. Great to have you back, Laura. I hope you will be here again before like six months. Well, let's, <laughs> let's see. I've got one semester left of grad school and maybe this one won't involve group projects. So. Oh, we can only hope. Hope and pray. Fingers hope crossed. and pray for Laura, guys. Group um, projects are the devil. Yeah. 
Anyway, thank you for being here. Thank you, Chad, for being here too. Um, thank you, everyone who's tuned in. We had a lovely episode today, lovely time performing for you as always. Um, tune in on Friday for the next episode of World for Damage, which I think is our one year anniversary. Is that it? Yes. Which is our, which is our one year anniversary. So um, it'll definitely be wonderful. <laughs> like every other episode. Um, Bill, because we have a lot of stuff in the works as far as new things for people to see that we are not saying anything else about. Yeah, tune in for some surprises. No spoilers, but they're surprises, but they're cool. Yes. Um, I do know what they are. I forgot temporarily. Um, <laughs> until you mentioned that, I was like, wait, Truth what? is what? actively <laughs> a part of the stream, Discord, yeah, I'm on where the she gets to see secret shit, but she doesn't pay attention. <laughs> No, I don't. Um, I pay enough attention. Um, I knew none of it was about her show. So, I mean, it's not me. I tuned out. I'm kidding. I don't. I'm an avid watcher of this show. Anyway, thank you for watching. Check out our store, check out our Twitch, check out our YouTube, check out our stuff. We've been doing this for a year and we get better every time, every episode. Um, I promise we do. Thank you to um, Lady Meows and Sunbird for doing us a lovely theme song and doing us a lovely uh, logo. Um, stick around for links and resources and political stuff, and we will see you next week. Have a great night.